Welcome to this episode of Grazia Life Advice. I'm Rhiannon Evans and this time we're joined by an actor, singer, podcast host and author. Hello everyone, I am Kagi Dunlop and I am host and founder of Saturn Returns and author of the Saturn Returns book and I am this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. According to Kagi, it's when things are at their worst that you can start to build something new and brilliant. Rock bottoms often run synonymously with spiritual awakenings and that was definitely the case for me. We talk about how singer Adele's interest in all things Saturn Returns gave a boost to Kagi's work. I also appreciate that it's quite a niche concept Mm. and and subject, this particular fascination around Saturn. And so Adele speaking about it kind of put us on the map in a way. And it's not all about the stars. There is great advice on staying true to your dreams and ambitions. You'll have this thought of something when it keeps coming up again and again and again, and that can be over the course of years. Mm. You actually need to do something about it. You don't have to be an astrology buff to take something away from Kagi's six tips. There's loads of wisdom and insight here. So let's get into it. Hi Kagi, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. We're both cozied up in our jumpers. It's absolutely freezing, isn't it? I know. I, know. I feel cold in my bones this morning. I know, I know. Well, let's let's get talking and hopefully that will help. And um, we're talking to you today to get your six pieces of best advice and a piece of bad advice. But I always want to talk to you because you've got a new book out. I do. And it's called Saturn Returns. Mm -hmm. Some people who know all about you will know all about Saturn Returns. Some people will be like, what on earth is that? So let's work to what on earth is that. Tell us about Saturn Returns. So your Saturn Return is something that happens in your late 20s to early 30s. And it is this moment where Saturn returns to the same place in the sky it was when you were born. And with it, it brings this big cosmic coming of age and initiation into adulthood as we go through these struggles and trials and tribulations and hopefully come out the other side a more truthful, authentic version of ourselves. Okay. And you talk about this a lot and how it affected you and how we should all consider it more and not worry so much because it it has a big effect on your lives you say so can you talk a bit more about how it manifested for you maybe that will help frame it a bit well I think regardless of one's belief in astrology it's fair to say that during your late 20s it's a tricky time of transition where Mm. we kind of have a lot of pressure on us we we you know we're, we're sold this idea when we're young that everything forms itself into place when we're 30 and you know we say to each other oh if if you're not married by the time you're 30 we'll marry each other and all this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. I think when we're approaching that milestone in itself it 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 brings up a lot of unrealized expectations and can be an isolating period of time I believe and so when I went through that transition myself and I'd found out about Saturn return I became very fascinated by it and what it actually meant and how it impacted us and our lives and so it's been kind of through doing the podcast and through writing the book and my own experience that I can actually see that although it's viewed a lot in astrology as this scary time and turbulent time it's actually just a kind of boot camp from the universe because we have to learn all these lessons super fast and a lot of stuff will crumble around us perhaps a relationship or career or friendship that's out of alignment and there's a lot of pain in that and whilst that's valid it's it's ultimately stripping anything that's not meant for you so it, it's it's a lot but I, I kind of view it as like an exciting period of time because I also view that rock bottoms 
often runs synonymously with spiritual awakenings. And that was definitely the case for me. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about for you, what did it strip away from you? What did you learn? Well, I guess a a big, big themes that come up is sort of questioning our identity and purpose. We often start to have these big existential thoughts and questions like, who am I and what is my purpose? And so that for me was a big one, especially around career. I was in I was working in the music industry at the time before then I'd been in TV and I I was feeling a little bit lost. I felt like everyone was sort of sent the handbook of life and mine had got lost in the mail. You know, everyone seemed to be progressing and people were getting married and having children and I felt kind of left behind. And so I, I do think that there's often, and it was for me, this feeling of isolation and confusion. And then it was it was having to surrender to that, you know, to trust that to stop trying to control things so much and actually to relinquish control and trust the unfoldings of the unfolding of things. And so that was a big piece. And also a a relationship I was with in at the time fell apart over my Saturn return. So it ended almost the day my Saturn return ended, which I didn't realize at the time. It was only through writing the book and and looking Mm -hmm. this up that I could, could see that. And so that was, um, definitely challenging for me because that was my I thought that was my future with that person and I think whenever we go through a breakup it can bring a lot of fears to the surface about our lives ourselves our our worthiness of being loved and that was a challenge for me and it it sort of was this moment of will this make me or break me and that kind of acted as a catalyst for my spiritual path and I Mm -hmm. then immersed myself in in all of these things and then formulated the Saturn Returns podcast and then everything kind of started to fit together yeah so whenever someone's going through a really difficult time I'm like it's gonna be great (laughs) just just trust in the sort of death and rebirth and that whole process yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. Like, it is going to be great. And you said it's seen as quite a big, scary thing. But surely there's reassurance, right? And A, it happens to everybody. And B, if it is your belief, then there's a reason and there's a purpose and it will ride out. It's quite nice to give yourself over to that idea. Exactly. And that's why I think we're seeing astrology play more of a part than it ever has before, kind of creeping its way back into the mainstream. Because I think as human beings, we have this appetite and desire for for something spiritual, for something beyond the realms of our comprehension. And and religion is playing less of a role for a lot of people, but we still need that, especially now more than ever, you know, when things feel very uncertain and there's just a, a lot of chaos in the world. And so I found it a, a very useful tool for my own kind of grounding and personal development. Mm. So you speak to people all the time, and I think Adele has spoken about her Saturn returns rights. Well, did she have a tattoo? I think that was in the news. She wasn't it? she does, and I'm yeah. like, maybe I should get a Saturn tattoo <laughs> on my wrist. I mean, when she because even though it's very much in my day to day vocabulary, I also appreciate that it's quite a niche concept mm. and, and subject. Not only as astrology, perhaps astrology less, but this particular fascination around Saturn. And so Adele speaking about it kind of put us on the map in a way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And are you like now counting down to your next one? Because they're 27, 29 years, aren't they, around that time? Yeah, so we have another one. You know, if we're lucky, we'll have three. And so we have another one approaching our 60th in our late 50s. But we also have Saturn squares in opposition. So throughout our life, we have visits from Saturn that kind of 
bring the same themes. Our Saturn return is just the more intense, bigger moment than the mm. others. So Saturn has seasons like Earth does and, and they're seven years. So if you look back at your life at seven and 14 and 21, you can see these like very pivotal moments. Like you only have to look at being 14 and think how, how painful that yeah. is. <laughs> And then yeah. at 21 as well, we kind of are more mature but and kind of wrestling with authority, external authorities, but we're not quite adults yet. And mm. then your Saturn return is kind of when you really step into that role. Mm. So interesting. Um, so I think a lot of your advice is kind of formed around some of the things we've already spoken about. And your first piece of advice, I guess, definitely is. Your, can you tell me your first piece of advice? My first piece of advice is... The loneliness you feel when being with the wrong person far outweighs the loneliness of being alone. And this is sort of a piece of advice that my mother gave me around relationships. You know, my loneliest moments have often been in a crowded room or in the in a relationship that wasn't right for me. And, and I think, again, to kind of go back to what we mentioned at the beginning, the expectations around turning 30, and there's this, there's this sort of hierarchy in society of like single relationship, married. And so people view it as like, if you're with someone, that that's a better thing than being alone. But I mm. actually really disagree. And it's your Saturn return, a big part of that is about the journey and, and the coming home to yourself first and foremost and that relationship. And that was, you know, like I said, when my relationship um, ended, it kind of put me on that path because I think I'd often abandoned myself to mold myself into the relationship I was in mm -hmm. and to kind of follow someone else's path. And so it was kind of like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And I, and a, a big thing for me was just reframing that narrative that's particularly pervasive to women, you know, that we were sort of ornaments waiting on the shelf to be chosen and only then will we be brought to life. And also this idea that things narrow post 30. And I, and I really reject all of those narratives because I think it's when we begin to really know each other and a partnership should enhance your life, but it shouldn't complete you. You should, you know, feel a sense of completion on your own. And the goal is to kind of create a life of autonomy separate from a partnership. And then and then you attract the right person, I believe. Right, absolutely. Are you okay on your own? Do you like your own time? Oh, my God, yeah. Do you I love it. <laughs> I'm my favourite companion. I honestly, I, I'm a Taurus as well, so I'm a homebody and... Yeah, I just, I love spending time on my own. I have to be mindful of it though, because sometimes I can go in, I can go into hermit mode and mm. I don't, I don't see, it's important as well that I see people and, but yeah, I, I do enjoy my own company, which is, I think a great thing for life because you never, you never know when you're going to need it. Looking outside of that alone time, your second piece of advice is to make a meaningful contribution to society. I mean, obviously, that sounds great. But why did why is that important for you? And why do you think it's it's manifested in your life? So when I was living in L.A. during, you know, just before my Saturn return, I was working in the music industry and I was 
I was lo- I was enjoying making music and I was loving that I was being more disciplined and dedicated to something. And I was working with someone at the time who was managing me. And he said, you know, whatever we do in life, our goal should be to make a meaningful contribution to society. And I, I've just never forgotten it because that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like adjust your career to fit that. But mm-hmm. like it's an, the intention behind what you do. So it's like, how are you operating and moving through life? Like, how are you making a meaningful contribution? It doesn't have to be humongous, but the intention has to be less of sort of serving the ego, I guess, and mm. more of of serving other people. And I actually think that it's you know, been my experience as well. When we shift that mentality, we we are happier as a sort of byproduct of it. And how do you do that? What's your intentions that you set? Well, the podcast is really to act as a toolkit for people navigating turbulent times yeah. of, of change and transition. Of course, under the umbrella of Saturn Returns, but the themes are applicable to anyone, regardless yeah. of your belief in astrology and regardless of, of your stage or your age. And so it's brought me a huge amount of um, joy to have people message me and say that it's resonated with Mm. them and that it's helped them through a difficult time, especially when we do the live shows and I actually get to meet the community and see the whole thing come to life. It's, it's really impactful. And, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily that piece of advice that, um, but it must've ignited something. And I, and I can kind of reflect now on that advice I was given sort of several years ago and think, that was really good advice. And that's really true. Because it just, you know, often, and I would say that my 20s were perhaps a bit more egotistical and and hedonistic. And Mm. I wanted, perhaps my intention for wanting certain things wasn't coming from the right place. And I I also think that your Saturn return can bring that to the forefront and to your awareness. Mm. And what do you think is helpful about looking outside of yourself? Is it about feeling better is it about doing better why do you think it's important I just think introspection is you know and self-inquiry is is so important in every aspect of our life Mm. to you know check in and and see if we're on course to see what needs to be adjusted and within our relationships you know as well to have those check-ins because you often see let's put it in the context of relationships you know two people meet they fall in love and then a decade later, they've gone in completely different directions. They don't know how to communicate anymore. And you can't, and they always think that, how did we get here? Mm. Because we don't have that check-in point of like, you know, that little thing you're doing is annoying me. And you can apply that as well to your personal life. Like that thing is feeling off. What's feeling off about it? What do we need to kind of change a little bit here? And so, yeah, it's kind of like adjusting the sails rather than waiting till you capsize. Yeah. God, that's a great analogy. I love that. Um, I have to know what this piece of advice is about. Tell me, your third piece of advice is to choose your decade of dedication. Yes. What, what have I got to do? I'm so this is, this is, again, one of those things like I've never forgotten. Yeah. When I was 19, I went to drama school in New York. I went to a method wow. acting school called Lee, Lee Strasberg and had an amazing time. And I remember that my landlord in my little Avenue C apartment, who was 
I think his name was Mike and he was from Brooklyn. And he said to me one, one evening when I was doing my laundry, he said, you will spend one decade dedicating yourself to something in order to thrive in the next. And I didn't really understand what he meant. And he was sort of saying like, work really hard now so you, you can reap the benefits later. And of course, at my age, I was like, I don't really want to work really hard sort of thing and sort of dismiss the advice. Especially not for 10 years. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's that felt far mm. too long. Mm. Um, and I sort of didn't listen at the time in the sense that I didn't do it, but I didn't forget it. Mm. And then kind of a decade on, I really understand what he meant. And I feel like for a lot of people, of course, you know, people might argue that they don't agree with this and that, you know, you have to hustle, dedicate forever. And whilst that's true, I, I do feel that often in 30s, when people hit their 30s, they just suddenly knuckle down and, and there's consequences to that because you suddenly are at this mm. point where people are like oh I really want to see you can we make a plan for three months you know and, and like you just don't have the space for many things and everything just suddenly feels crammed into yeah. this into this decade where we're trying to do all the things wear all the hats and you often see again it's like a thing to do with your Saturn return where people it seems like they're dramatically shifting their career and they're starting up a project, but it's probably been an idea that they've had for a really long time, which yeah. actually brings us to the fourth piece of advice. But yeah, so I kind of look back, I'm like, that was really true. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't regret, you know, not, I don't regret anything, but I'm like, wow, maybe if I'd been a bit more disciplined <laughs> earlier on in life, I, it wouldn't feel so like panicky. I sometimes feel like in these difficult times, we maybe have to do a bit more of bit more than a decade of dedication. Then we might finally get our payoff. Hopefully I'll get my payoff soon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess it's just it feels like a lot gets crammed into our thirties yeah. and that probably ties in with the sort of biological clock conversation sure. and you know, there's there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. You have mentioned your fourth piece of advice. We're gonna be back with that just after this break. We're still here with Kagi Dunlop and I want you to tell me your fourth piece of advice, please. My fourth piece of advice is your dreams choose you. And this is this is taken from Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, right. which and someone was telling me about it recently and, and it's come up in a lot of conversations. And it's this sort of concept that whatever dream or vision you have for yourself has chosen you. Mm -hmm. If you don't bring it to reality, it will move along and it will it will find someone else who who will. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us have these ideas and we don't know how to kind of bring them to the material world and execute them. I just find it a really useful piece of advice. It's like that particular thing, concept, whatever it might be, has chosen you for a reason. Therefore, you know, you need to you need to bring it to life. We talk about this a lot on this show. A lot of um, people who come on say, you know, it's about having this idea and then doing it. I mean, not to put it all on you <laughs> of everybody we've ever spoken to, but what do you think is that middle bit? How do you have something in your head and you think, yeah, this is what I'm... And what are your tips for making sure things do come to fruition? Well, I have 
I think people have lots of ideas that kind of, you know, come in and out of their head, but there are certain ones, and I'm going to generalize here and say that I think everyone has this, but that just don't leave. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have this thought of something and you'll be like, I don't know about that. I'll put that down. Or that doesn't make sense in my life. And I don't know how I'll do that. Mm. And it just keeps coming back. And it's like, it might come to you in dreams or you just might not be able to not think about it. And so I believe that, you know, when it keeps coming up again and again and again, and that can be over the course of years, Mm. you actually need to do something about it. Because we also, many of us know that feeling when we don't, like I said, it, the the dream or the vision or whatever it the idea will then pick someone else so that it can come to life and you and you see that thing and you're like I had that idea yeah. I wanted to do that years ago and you kind of kick yourself because like I should have done it so um and I think a lot of people then live with regret so yeah I've got certain things that I I want to bring to life over my life yeah. Um, and and also a really important thing is I think a lot of us will stop ourselves because the ego, a, a, a part of us will get in the way and be like, well, I don't know how that will succeed or I don't know if it will be very good and it might be judged or ridiculed. And so we stop ourselves from executing it because we're afraid that it won't be successful. Mm. And actually it's been a really big lesson for me and it's something that I still find challenging is like it's not about what it the outcome of how people receive it it the victory is in doing it it's yeah. in bringing something to life it doesn't have to go a certain way or it doesn't have to achieve a certain amount of like financial success necessarily mm-hmm. it's like just bringing that thing to reality is a victory in itself yeah I think that's a really good point. It chimes with, I always go back to, it was our first ever episode, actually, Dolly Alderton said that when she wrote Everything I Know About Love, which obviously now is this huge success. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of people said, well, I could have done that. you know, anyway, But they didn't. Could, but she, they didn't. Exactly her point. She's like, but they didn't. And I did it. And yeah, yeah and there I always go. come back to that. It really chimes. And that's the sort of thing of, of the bitterness when someone's like, I mean, whether they have, I don't think anyone can write quite like exactly, Dolly. But no. <laughs> when when people are like, "Oh, I had that idea," and that frustration, and I think that's a that's one of the worst feelings. Mm-hmm. So just you know, have the courage to start taking the steps to bring things to reality, and don't be afraid of how big or small that's going to be. Yeah. Your fifth piece of advice, I like this: what you don't own owns you. Mm-hmm. So tell me who told you it and how it's helped you. Unfortunately, I can't remember who exactly. It's just something that's sort of creeped up and mm. it's seeped its way into my mind as a constant reminder because I think we all have these thoughts and feelings about ourselves that make us feel unworthy of like one of three things, which is unworthy of love, unworthy of belonging, and that, that we're not enough. Mm. You know, we, we think we're the only one that feels that way, you know, that has this particular... It's often a particular thing. It might be a number of things, but it's often one particular thing that's like, if people knew this about me, they wouldn't love me. Or if people knew this about me, they they wouldn't... Um, and that's why I'll never be enough. Mm. That can be a really 
painful place but I you know I think it's our part of our journey like our soul's journey to to bring that stuff out of the shadows because when it lives in the shadows it kind of festers there and it it becomes bigger Mm -hmm. and we have to own all aspects of ourself and that means the kind of the light and the darkness and so what you don't own owns you it's like if if you don't take ownership over that thing it's always going to be holding you back yeah yeah is there anything you've had to talk to yourself about in that context um yes but that would be a sort of several hour podcast (laughs) (laughs) there's lots there's lots of things but I think that it's um and it's a constant, it's a constant right. journey because the, the sort of, usually the, the thing that's in our way is us. Mm-hmm. It's the things that we think people feel about us. You know, it, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like, I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Yes. And so we kind of get in our own way because we make up these stories of why things are the way they are or like why things aren't happening for us. And it's... It's our own BS, to be honest. And so, yeah, I've had many, trust me. (laughs) Many late night conversations with yourself. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Can you share your final piece of good advice, please, Gaggy? Yes, my final piece of good advice, this is one of my favourites, is there's no such thing as one-way liberation, which I believe is from Glennon Doyle, Untamed. Yeah. I believe it is. I'm pretty sure. And it's it's such a liberating thing because, mm. you know, if, if you look at, put it down to the sort of context of relationships when you go through a breakup and it's immensely painful and let's say one person wanted it and the other didn't, we usually reach a point somewhere down the line where we look back and we're like I'm actually really glad that fell apart Mm. it's the sort of concept that what's liberating and freeing for one is ultimately liberating and freeing for the other Mm -hmm. and you have to trust that and relationships and uh, breakups are so painful because we we're mourning that sort of imagined future that we had with that person and and we then kind of get we can get really stuck in thinking that they were the one and that they got away and all the stuff and it's like no if they were they wouldn't have left yeah and like if if they didn't want it and it's liberating for them or like if they messed it up or whatever then it is going to be liberating for you you Mm. just have to trust that yeah I feel like some people out there will be writing that down and sticking it on the fridge. <laughs> yeah. That's really important. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, especially if you're not the person who wanted to end the relationship. It can just feel absolutely devastating. Absolutely. And also, you know, you can apply it to any aspect of life, whether if that's in a career and you lose your job and you kind of think, mm. oh, my God, I'm I'm never going to find my way. It's like it, it will be liberating. It's mm. just... um yeah, it's just trusting that, like I said. But yeah. I know that that's hard. Yeah. It goes back to, I guess, if you have that faith in, in the universe and and everything, and that would make exactly. things easier. Exactly. So we always like to end on a piece of worst advice. Some people say it's negative. I don't think so. You can learn a lot. So tell us about yours. What was the worst advice you were given and why? 
last piece of advice. So I remember someone told me, my friend's brother on holiday was saying like that you, you know, it doesn't matter about waiting to jump into bed with someone (laughs) and that it's fine to do it like super early on. And there's a lot of debate around this. There's a lot of debate because some people were like, you know, it it depends on your intention Mm -hmm. behind doing it. I think if you just want to have fun and have that experience, fine. But I think often we we can try and rush intimacy through sex. Yeah. But it's it's a sort of false sense of intimacy, really. It's it's not the kind of intimacy we're ultimately craving. And and I think when we rush that sort of thing, we miss a lot of red flags and we and we miss being able to discern whether this person's actually right for us so I think it's actually really crucial to wait because also if you if you wait the right person is very happy to and the wrong person might not be Mm. and 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 there's this sort of idea I think on some perhaps more subconscious level that by doing that we have conquered or we've you know it's quite an animalistic thing but again it's not if we're after a relationship, if we, if we want to create a sort of sacred union with someone, then having patience in that and like building a healthier foundation first. So the worst piece of advice <laughs> is to not wait. Yeah, I feel like, did he have some motivation maybe? I'm, you know, I'm wondering what made him No, I, well, he was probably, it was just like a guy, but I just remember like, I was like, that was, that's such bad advice and it was just it was just the first thing that came to mind when like thinking of bad advice because I think we we can tell ourselves stuff like that to kind of justify it Mm. but again it really depends what you want yes if you just want to have fun then like whatever and there's obviously always situations that don't fall into this and and some people will be like listening and say well, I did and I've been with my partner forever. But whilst that's true, I would say generally, it's important to go move slowly with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Kagi, thank you so much for your advice. And it's so considered and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Kagi Dunlop, whose Saturn Returns podcast and book are well worth checking out. Thank you again for joining us for this episode. Next time, we are with the author of 2022's most Instagrammable book. You'll have seen it everywhere. The author of Manifest, Roxy Nafusi. I really wanted it to do well, but you can't ever really predict that it will become such a thing. I don't know, but I definitely think its cover was a lot to do with that as well. It just looks good. Looking forward to joining you for that one. In the meantime, please tell a friend about the Grazia Life Advice podcast, especially if they're a big fan of horoscopes. And while we're talking about stars, as ever, I'm going to ask you, if you have 30 seconds, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Thanks for that and see you next time.